Hey everyone, today we're going to be learning about aggression, what it is, how it forms, and some steps that you can take to prevent it from happening to your dog, or if it's already happened, to prevent it from getting worse. Stay tuned. Welcome to Don't Throw Out the Dog, a podcast to dive into the behaviors of your dog to help you understand what they mean, how they're feeling, and what they're trying to say. It's education and knowledge for a closer connection bringing your best friend even closer. Now your host, Armando Morales. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Armando. Thanks for joining me. Episode four. Wow. Didn't think I'd make it this far. It's a bit of a milestone. I know you may be thinking it's not much. It's only four. But for me, yeah, it's, it's a bit. All right, let's move on. Let's roll here. Let's talk about aggression. So aggression is one of those things, like many others, especially in the dog training world and dog training community, that you're not going to get many people to agree on in terms of exactly what it is, what the actual definition is, when it starts, what it looks like. It's one of those things that if you take about four or five trainers and you ask them exactly what aggression is or how they define aggression, how they see it, you're likely to get three, four, maybe even five different stories and interpretations of what this actually is. To make it worse, among regular pet owners, dog pet owners, there's a whole mess of confusion in terms of what aggression is. When I get calls on aggression, it's very much uh, along the lines of my dog is being aggressive, my dog turned aggressive, my dog is now aggressive. And when I break it down and when I ask them all of my 50 questions, and I don't mean literally 50 questions, but I ask them tons of questions. When I break it down and I ask them my questions just to kind of get to the core and the center of what they're really dealing with, I find that it, you know, it really varies. So a little growl can mean aggression to some people. Uh, puppy nipping can mean aggression to some people. And then you've got your others on the other extreme where their dog is really growling in their face and has made overtures to bite, and they don't see that as aggression. Well, he's just, he's just protecting his space, or he's you know doing one thing or another, but they don't see it as aggression. So there's a lot of confusion out there, but it's one of those trigger words. It's one of those words that, in many cases, when you say it, or when people think that they're dealing with it, it sets them off. It's a make or break situation. It's, this, is the, this is the one thing that can make people go and decide, you know what, I've had this dog for a few years. I love him, but th- this is too far. I won't deal with this. Um, this is the thing that makes people relinquish their dogs into shelters. This is the thing that in many cases has dogs euthanized. And again, it, in most instances, it comes down to a misinterpretation of what it is that they're seeing or a misdiagnosis of the actual problem that they're interpreting, that they're dealing with. Um, because the, the, the term aggression itself is so broad in the mind of most people, and we don't really know what it is that we're looking for or what that we're looking at when, when it comes across us. Some of us are so overly sensitive to the idea that a dog can turn aggressive that any little thing, any slight growl over a bone or food, any puppy nipping, for example, can be interpreted as aggression. And yeah, I'm not joking. There are people who have had puppies, and I, and I get these calls often from time to time. I got people who have puppies, and their puppy nips. And let me tell you, puppy nipping is a very, very common behavior. <laughs> There's nothing unusual 
about a puppy that nips. But I have people who call me, and when their puppy nips, they define it as aggression. My puppy is aggressive. What can I do about it? How did it happen? Did I just get myself a damaged dog? So let's clarify a little exactly what aggression is. Okay, I actually looked up the definition here. Let me read this to you right now. So aggression, first, inter- uh, first definition is hostile or violent behavior or attitudes towards another. Readiness to attack or, to attack or confront. The other is the action or an act of attacking without provocation. And then there is forceful and sometimes overly assertive pursuit of one's aims and interests. So I guess the way that they're interpreting this is that aggression doesn't necessarily need to be a physical form of aggression, that it can take other forms as well. And, and often with dogs, well, when we think of aggression, we don't necessarily think of assertive. We think of physical aggression, like this dog is going to turn Cujo and kill me at any moment. So before I break down, or rather explain to you what I think aggression is, because I'm going to give you my interpretation. I'm going to give you a little story, because I teach through stories. This is a little analogy, and I want you to follow along, and I want, I want you to think about it. I want you to tell me what you think at the end of it, okay? So very simply, let's just say you're walking down the street, and you happen to see another person across that same street. And that person, that man, or it could be a woman, because women can be aggressive as well, That person is staring you down. It's a hard stare. And their stare follows you as you walk down the street. And you can feel the stare. Even from across the street, you can feel that person staring you down. Within a few seconds or a minute, that person begins to verbalize against you. Just kind of raise their voice and yell at you from across the street. So now they're staring you down and yelling at you. A few seconds more, that person now begins to curse at you. So they're still yelling in that same tone of voice, but now they're, they're throwing curses and insults and threats at you, like I'm going to kick your ass. So now they're staring, yelling, and insulting, threatening, in other words. Now within a few seconds more, that person starts walking towards you. And now as they walk towards you, everything is still in place. They're still staring you down. They don't take your, their eyes off of you. They're still yelling, they're still cursing at you, but now they're moving at you. And that movement, that pace towards you, that walk towards you starts, starts to pick up pace, it escalates. So they may be walking at first, and then there's a little bit of a, you know, uh, a jog, and then they start running towards you. And then the last step is that when they run towards you, they get physical and they punch you in the face. So here's my question. At what point, do you feel that this person turned aggressive? At what point would you describe their behaviors as aggressive? When would you say, yeah, this is when he actually started turning aggressive, or she did? I mean, is it at the very beginning? Is it just a stare? Because a stare can be really hard. A stare can convey a great deal of information. A stare can convey intent. I can pick it up. Or is it the obvious at the end when the, their knuckles connects with your face? Which is it for you? I'm going to tell you what it is for me. And it can vary from person to person. And and like I said earlier, it does, especially when it comes to trainers. But I'll tell you, for me, I would say that the person started turning aggressive when they started yelling at you. Not cursing. I'll even let the, the stare slide. But when they started yelling at you from across the street, that's aggressive-like behavior. There's an intent there to threaten. 
It doesn't matter that they actually verbalize the threat. Like, hey, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to hurt you. It doesn't matter. They're yelling at you. And we look, we're, we're assuming that they're yelling in, in, in a negative way. They're not yelling to you, hey, we've got a really good sale on soup and clam chowder here. Come on over. They're not doing that. So the yelling, what I mean by the, the, the purpose of the story is that every single behavior, including the stare, is a threatening gesture because we're putting it in the context of aggression. So as far as I'm concerned, the way that I would perceive it is when that person starts to verbalize and, insult, and, and yell at you, again, not insulting you, but yelling at you, that's aggressive behavior towards me. I would, if, I, if that were me walking down the street and I saw that from another person, first of all, I'd get my hackles up if somebody's already staring me down from across the street and their stare just follows me along as I move down that street. I'd already be primed. But also, once that person started speaking and yelling at me, yeah, that's aggressive. This person doesn't mean, doesn't mean good stuff for me. This person is not wishing me well. This person has some bad intent. And I could see how it could escalate. So... Transpose that to your dog, because dogs. I'm going to tell you when aggression starts in dogs. Uh, you know, they 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 give tons of behaviors that could be interpreted into aggressive behavior, and, and to kind of put it in, in parallel perspective with this story here is they have that hard stare, they have that growling or that barking, which could be the loud, you know, verbalizing. They have the growling. And the snaring of the, the teeth, which could be the threat. Look at my weapons. Look what I can do with these things. Come closer. Go ahead. I dare you. Then they have the movement towards you. And that movement can very quickly, within a matter of a second or two, just escalate into a run where they actually go and land their teeth on you. I mean, that's just one scenario because it could be tons and tons of different scenarios playing out. But, you know, very generally, very simplistically speaking, that that is one way that it goes down. Now that you have a general sense of how confusing or how many interpretations there could be to aggression, and now that you have a better understanding of how I deem aggression, because, again, going back to the example of the dog, the minute that dog stares you down, and I can tell a good stare from a bad stare, a, a, a scared dog stare from, I'm scared, but I, I'm going to hurt you if you come a little closer— I can, I can see that stare in that dog's eye. I can read it. You should be able to as well, but I can read it. And the second I see that in the dog, I get the warning signs right over my head that say this isn't good and this can escalate and progress into something bad within just a matter of seconds if I don't de-escalate the situation. So I don't define that as aggressive. I would say when the dog starts growling or barking, depending on the tone of the bark, I could call that aggressive. So yes, a dog can bark, again, which is the same, equating it to my earlier example, it could be the same as the person just starting to yell at you, not even a growl. The growl would be the insults. But the second that dog starts barking, and depending on the tone of that bark, that bark can have serious intent. That bark can say, come closer, I'm really going to lay a hurting on you. And then I would define that as aggression. Okay, so let me explain something about what aggression is. Very simple, okay? Because I mean, this is something that can I can span out over a series of podcast episodes, and I'm not going to do that. And as I said with many of the other episodes, with many of the other, I've, I had three episodes. With the other episodes is that I hope that I can form just, I can kind of, you know, incubate in your mind just, just a seed, an idea, so that you can take it further and do your own research 
and and educate yourself on it. And if I, I give you that, if, if I'm just the catalyst that gets things rolling for you in your head in terms of I want to understand this concept or this principle or this idea a little better, then fantastic. I've done my job and I'm happy. But let's go quickly into what aggression is. So very simply put, dogs, you know, there's a reason why we domesticate dogs over, you know, close to 15,000 years and why we don't domesticate bears or or hyenas or other tigers is because you know typically those dogs those animals when they mature they tend to want to kill us <laughs> and dogs dogs they don't we can domesticate dogs and that is because dogs are not wild animals dogs are not aggressive by nature and that's very very important for you to understand okay that's that's an idea that you really want to give some thought to dogs have to learn to be aggressive Dogs have to learn to be aggressive. It bears repeating. So, yes, there is once in a while a dog that is born with aggressive tendencies. So there could be some kind of genetic predisposition towards aggression. But I'm going to tell you that those dogs are very, very rare. So rare that you can have countless dogs in your life and then you're unlikely to ever run across a dog like that at all. Because, first of all, those dogs start exhibiting that kind of behavior, aggressive-like tendencies, very, very early on in life and puppyhood. And someone somewhere along the line spots it. And when they do, they wean that dog out of the system. They recognize this dog is not adoptable, this dog is not normal, this dog is not healthy, mentally-wise, emotionally. And this is not a dog that's going to fit in any kind of home because this is a dog that's just going to easily escalate and aggress in any situation, in any circumstance. And they pose that as a danger, which they should. So it's important to understand that dogs have to, be, have to learn to fight. And even when you're talking about, I would say fight, but really what I mean is aggression. And even when you're talking about dogs that fight, like dogs that are, are, are in those fight rings, those dogs have to be have to be taught how to fight those dogs have to learn how to fight and they condition them to fight they condition them to see other dogs and want to kill and want to fight and that's important it doesn't come naturally to most dogs it doesn't come naturally to dogs at all they have to be conditioned that way and if you know anything about these fight rings once in a while they take they they first of all they test their dogs and when these dogs don't make the cut when they prove that they're not fighters that they're they're not willing to escalate things quickly to the point of killing the other dog they wean them out as well they get rid of them in some way usually in a harsh way they kill them but my point is not about you know fight rings my point is that dogs have to learn how to fight the, uh, how, to, how to be aggressive, excuse me. Dogs have to learn how to be aggressive. Yeah, and they have to learn how to fight. So how do dogs learn to be aggressive? The two most common forms for a pet family dog to become aggressive is through frustration and fear. And in my experience, fear being more common than frustration. And when I talk about aggression, I talk about Certain displays of behavior along the lines of lunging, barking, snarling, growling, one or a combination of those within the right context can be defined as aggressive displays of behavior. So understand this well because there's, there's a myth to this and I'm going to talk about this myth in a second. But understand this well. This does not mean that if your dog behaves this way or gives or displays one of these behaviors, it does not mean that you're living with a Cujo and you need to lock your bedroom door at night because your dog's going to sneak in and kill you. It does not. 
That means that under certain circumstances, there are specific triggers that can set your dog off and make him behave in this manner, make him display this kind of behavior. And again, when I speak about triggers, usually those triggers are ones that make the dog a little stressful or fearful or insecure. And as I've said in the past few episodes, most of these issues, especially when it comes to aggression or even not aggression, just basic kind of issues, most of these issues and behaviors get worse because of the repetition, because we allow them to be uh, to repeat these uh, displays again and again. And that's usually because we continue to expose them to those triggers, to those situations, those environments, those stimuli that set the dog off and trigger them. And we don't recognize that we're actually priming the dog to become better and better and more skilled, if you can call it that, at those kinds of behaviors. So here's one myth, and it's just what I was alluding to just a second ago. One common myth that I that and it goes to many of the calls that I get when I when I'm dealing with people who think they're dealing with aggression. And one reason why so many people are, are quick to jump to the conclusion that their dog is aggression is because it triggers a lot of fear in them. And that fear is in many instances based on the notion, on the idea that Aggression is random. That once their dog turns aggressive, he is aggressive all the time. Some people, you know, they, 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 they equate this to the vampire tale. Once the dog bites, he will bite all the time. Once the dog tastes blood, he will just thirst for it and he will want to bite. That sounds ridiculous to you? Well, let me tell you, I, I get a lot of stories like that. I get a lot of people who buy into those ideas. So as ridiculous as it sounds, it's something that I have to counter and deal with. And, and hopefully turn around when I try to educate people about their dogs. Again, many people, they, they think that aggression is a random thing. So they overgeneralize it and that they think that now that the dog is turning aggressive, he will be aggressive at any time with any person, in any situation, in any context, in any, in, in any location. Aggression is very specific. And that's important for you to understand. When a dog turns aggressive, he can be very, it is very specific in terms of what is making him or compelling him to behave in that manner. So you can have the nicest, sweetest, most social, most lovable, most demure, gentle dog. And he or she can still turn extremely highly aggressive and defensive at the drop of a dime in the presence of a certain trigger or an environment a certain stimuli. And the onus is on you to really fully understand and comprehend what those triggers are, what those environments are. Because again, as I've stated in the past, if you don't understand who your dog is and why he behaves the way that he does, if you don't understand what sets him or her off, if you can't, in other words, understand what his triggers are, that is going to compel him to behave in this defensive manner, you're screwed. There is a great likelihood that the behavior will continue, and once it continues, it will get stronger with time. And it all comes to you not understanding your dog. And that's one theme, which is going to be the, the, the ongoing prevalent theme in these podcasts. It's the one thing that I'm going to beat you over the head with again and again and again. It is really the purpose of this podcast, because I talk a lot about behaviors here. 
You've got to really start understanding your dog. You've got to understand who your dog is. And that means that you can't just live a lackadaisical life with your dog, especially if you're dealing with some kind of reactive or what you deem to be aggressive dog. It is on you, your responsibility to really start taking better ownership, become more vigilant, supervise more, start being more in tune with how your dog makes his way through the world, how she sees the world, and therefore how she responds to the world. It's only by putting yourself in a proactive state that you're going to be able to help your dog. So let's go back quickly. So, okay, so we've gotten a general idea of what aggression is, and now you can interpret when you deem to be, uh, or what you deem to be an aggressive situation, or, or when you feel your dog is turning aggressive. Because as we said earlier, it's open to wide interpretations. I don't think it should be. I think it should be very simple. Some trainers think, well, he's only aggressive when he attacks. No, I don't think so. That's ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. I think your dog is aggressive with intent. I think intent has a great deal to do with it. Dog doesn't have to have his teeth on you. It is the intent that he is possibly thinking of putting his teeth on you. That is aggression to me. So now we also understand how it forms. And now let's talk quickly about ways that you can go about preventing these things from happening. And I already started down that road. When I tell you you need to really understand your dog, that is the number one tip for preventing any kind of behavioral issue. Knowing who your dog is and being able to read your dog, your dog's body language, being able to communicate with your dog, that is key. That is, above all, the most important thing that you could do for your dog. Otherwise, do not fool yourself. You're not communicating with your dog. You may think you are. You may think you're understanding your dog. You may think you're reading the situation, but you're not. You're misinterpreting. Again, you're misdiagnosing the situation, and that's just going to make it worse because you're going to create some kind of foolish game plan to deal with it, and your game plan is not going to get anywhere near the problem because you'll find at some point the problem is going to return, and it may return even stronger and worse than before, and that's because you never really even got close to addressing it in the first place. So here are a few ways that you can avoid, both avoid making the problem worse but also how we sometimes contribute to making the problem worse, okay? The first one is that we don't socialize our dogs well enough. It's another concept that we misinterpret. We don't really fully understand socialization. Socialization is not about, well, the the premise of socialization is that you expose your dog to as many things, people, person, places, and events, and sounds as often as you possibly can, right? That's, That's the underlying premise. That's the idea. But here's the big point is that it's not about just introducing your dog to anything and anyone in any situation under any circumstances. It's about presenting them to as many things as you possibly can in a positive light. So you want to start having your dog develop a positive association to whatever it is that you're going to send him to or take him to or introduce him to. It's not about just introducing for the sake of introducing. Okay, so I introduced my dog to another dog, so he should be socialized with other dogs. No. Did he have a good time with that dog? Did he create a good association? Or is that dog a bigger mess than your dog? Because that's just going to backfire. That's going to sabotage your efforts. That can actually make things worse. So when you take him into another place, for example, if you take him to a nice location, or you want to take him to a location where many people are, is it too overwhelming for the dog? Are you taking him to the park on 4th of July? That may be too much. You think you're socializing your dog. 
But again, it's backfiring on you because now your dog's going to be freaked out and stressed out. Something of which you may not see the effects of until at some point down the road. And you may be wondering, what the heck's going on with my dog? Well, you're setting up the scenario where you're taking him into locations and places and, and environments where it, he doesn't feel comfortable. He's not taking to it well. And why do you continue to do this? One, because, again, you're doing it in the name of socialization. But number two, going back to my first point, you don't understand your dog. You don't have the ability to read him. You can't see the signs in him that tells you, hey, I'm really stressed about this. I'm freaked out about this. I don't feel comfortable about this. I don't want to do this. Every time you bring me to this place, I feel worse and worse. Look, you've got to have realistic expectations about your dogs. We all want that Disney dog. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. We all want that nice little sweet, friendly Disney dog that happens to be, happens to be the mayor of the town, that everyone loves. But that's not the reality of what many of us are dealing with, especially some of you who are actually listening to this podcast. It's not. You're dealing with dogs that are entirely different, that see the world differently and therefore act differently. They may be friendly in certain contexts. They may be friendly and sweet in your home. But outside, on a leash, they can be monsters. And that's because they feel threatened. They feel insecure. Or maybe your socialization efforts were not so great. Maybe, maybe you weren't very thorough at socializing the dog. Maybe your efforts were half-assed. But socialization is very, very key. And I'm going to do another podcast episode at some point just on this topic alone. Socialization is extremely important. It can make or break a dog. And the best time to socialize a dog is very early on in their life. There's a very narrow window of time. And generally speaking, when that window closes, it doesn't just close gently. It slams shut for many dogs. That doesn't mean that it's too late to socialize. It just means that the effects of the socialization effort and the results uh, are more than likely not going to be as, as strong and as clear as they would have been if you had done it very early on in the dog's life. So one way that we often create aggression is that we don't socialize the dog properly or we don't socialize the dog enough, which is properly, or we don't socialize the dog to the right things. So we have a dog at home or we have three other dogs at home and we bring in a puppy and we figure, well, he lives with three other dogs. So he, he socialized with dogs. No, he isn't. He socialized with your three dogs. That does not mean that he's going to do well with other dogs on a leash out on the road. And that could be due to socialization or your lack of socialization. Again, it comes down to a misunderstanding of what socialization is. The other thing is again, that we place dogs into scary situations. We put dogs into, we create scenarios where we put dogs into situations with other people, for example, or other dogs, or just environments that just aren't conducive to that positive association. And so they begin to develop negative associations. And they start to feel uncomfortable. And that ruins our socialization efforts. And that makes the dog feel very tense and stressed. Here, here's a key. You want to know how you can make a dog very aggressive, very quickly, permanently aggressive? You want to know the, the perfect recipe for making a dog feel like he has to be aggressive at all times? Here's how. Make that dog feel threatened and scared at every turn. Make that dog feel like life is just completely scary and threatening to him or dangerous. Let your dog associate life with just being one big threatening place. And you will see how quickly your dog starts getting defensive towards everything and everyone, everywhere. That's how you do it. 
It's no coincidence that in many bite cases, uh, the type of dog that is more likely or more inclined to bite is the very uh, fearful, insecure, conflicted dog. And I, again, it's another thing that I can do another episode on, but the conflicted dog, very simply put, is a dog that crosses the line between wanting to socialize, wanting to be friendly, wanting to interact and meet other people and engage with them, and also being highly fearful, highly insecure, low in confidence, not well practiced and rehearsed at meeting other people. That is a dog that walks a fine line between both worlds. And one of the last things that you do that we often do to create aggression in dog is that we don't develop the right relationships with dogs. We have crappy relationships with our dogs. We don't do well at fostering and enabling the relationship where the dog is going to feel safe and secure in our presence, where there's going to be mutual trust. I was dealing with somebody a few weeks ago who called me because they want to do a board and train and they've got issues with their dogs. And one of the issues, of course, was aggression, at least from their point of view. They define it as aggression. So again, going through my questions, I try to find out exactly what it is. It's like Sherlock Holmes with, with some people. And questioning them, um, they tell me that they have a practice of occasionally giving him a bone or a treat and forcefully taking it away from him. So the dog can be enjoying his thing, going to a space, going to a bed or a corner, eating his bone that they gave him, and then they come over and just harshly take it away from him. And now they wonder why their dog is turning aggressive on them. I hope that this kind of setup is something that I don't have to break down into detail because it's now beginning to make sense to you. You're now beginning to see how that scenario, how that situation could start creating an aggression in dogs. All right, so I hope that this episode was something that gave you a little food for thought. This is a topic that we could go on at length for a considerable period of time. There's so much to dig into here. And it's a fascinating topic. And there's so many different things and different angles that I can come at this. But in a nutshell, you should have a very kind of minimal understanding of what aggression is, how it forms, how you can make it worse. And uh, some of the things that, some of the myths that we buy into and the misinterpretations of or misunderstandings behind aggression. All right, so go visit me on Instagram. It's Armando Morales77, A-R-M-A-N-D-O-M-O-R-A-L-E-S-77. Drop me a line, drop me a DM, tell me what you think of the podcast. Rate this, review, subscribe, please. If you feel that this is helpful to you in any way, even if you got just gleaned one little piece of information that you thought would give you a little more insight into understanding your dog, then I can assure you someone else is going to feel the same way. And the only way that they're going to find out about it is if we rate this and pass it on in some way. Let me know if you've got any other ideas for topics or subjects for the podcast. I'm always looking for them. Let's get on to the other one. Take care and let's roll. This has been Don't Throw Out the Dog. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to this podcast to be the first to hear new episodes jam-packed with actionable tips and tricks. Small changes you can make that will make an everlasting difference in the life of your dog and your relationship with it. For more exclusive content, follow Armando on Instagram at ArmandoMorales77.